0: Good morning. You already know what I'm about to do, right? Good morning. morning. So good to see everybody here this morning. God has been so good to us. I am privileged to um, pause the sermon series. We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, amen. Um, And we're going to pause from the sermon series for a moment And we will find today's message, today's talk, today's sermon in Colossians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open up um, towards the end of the book in Colossians chapter 3. If you need a Bible, there are some on those back tables there. Um, And it looks like you're sitting next to some friendly people. So you can just lean in. We're at church, so they'll just let you do it. Yeah. Again, my name is Pastor Matt. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I'm just excited to jump in and talk about mental toughness in the middle of madness. I'll say it again. Mental toughness in the middle of madness. I don't know about you guys, but there's crazy stuff mad stuff going on in our world today. If you agree, if you could just wave your hand, or if you could just, okay, okay, okay. It looks like we're in the right place. All right, all right. Uh, you turn on the news, madness. Social media, madness. You go to work, the things that the folks next to you are talking about, madness. You go to the country club, you go to the local school, you go just in your neighborhood, folks are, are on edge. There has never, in my personal opinion, there has never been a time in, in my life, there's never been a more polarizing, challenging, crazy, big headline type time ever. I mean, from natural disasters to a high political climate to... Social justice issues even saying social justice issues makes people mad now because some people will push it and they'll say this is not a social justice issue and in many ways I might agree this is a human issue. If you're talking to some Jesus followers, some, some, some folks who, who are committed to Christ, they, they would push it and they would say, this is an Imago Dei issue, this is, this is men and women being made in the image of God and in his likeness, but other folks seeing them less than that. We're in a crazy time. Some of you guys right now are on edge, they're like, what is he going to say? <laughs> Well, well, because we're talking about mental toughness in the middle of madness, I'm just gonna read a ton of scripture. So if you get mad, it's because what Jesus said, not because of what I said. Amen. Well, but but what I challenge you, what I challenge you with is this. Don't try to find what side of the aisle you fall on. Whether you are far from God or you're anti-God or you're close to God, you're pro-God, my encouragement to you this morning is let's consider what God has to say in the middle of chaos and madness. That's why we're here, right? Is that why we're here? We want to hear what God has to say in the middle of madness. Well, before I I read uh, Colossians chapter... Three, I want to tell you a quick story. My coach uh, in high school—he was crazy. Talk about madness! He was crazy. My coach, uh, uh, my cross-country coach in high school, was this guy that had the same speech every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Same, same speech. He say, "Team." We're gonna run, and in my mind, for the next 10 hours. I felt like we run forever. I don't know if you guys have ever done cross country. Who's ever done cross country here? No, maybe, just a few, okay. You guys, don't, don't be shy, come on, hold that with pride, yeah. <laughs> well, for those who know, you run a ton in cross country. I mean, you run all day, just run. And I was in Southern California, And before we would run in these avocado orchards in Carpinteria, California, our coach would give us the same speech. He would say, this is going to require mental toughness. This is going to require absolute focus. You guys are capable. I've trained you well. And there's going to be this thing that possibly comes up, you know, 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in. Your mind is gonna start telling you that you can't go forward, that you can't go on, but I want you to be mentally tough. I want you to focus on your ability to keep going. Same speech, we would all just listen to it. Some of us would mouth the words that he was about to say. The reason why I chose to use the, the phrase mental toughness because just like running, cross country, just like running a far distance. I don't know if you've ever done a 5K or a 10K race. Just like working out or running, it requires your mind to take control of the situation in spite of how you feel. If I can push it, the text, the scripture goes well beyond our ability to have mind over matter, but it gives us a greater source that's going to help us stick to it in tough times. It's, it's, it's something in scripture that we're gonna talk about really quickly here that helps us go beyond this notion of mind over matter, because even those in the room right now who aren't followers of Jesus, have to do that in their everyday lives, and they would probably agree with that. You would probably agree with that. But we're going to push that mindset just a little more. Another story in Scripture may be familiar to some of you guys, but I'm going to tell it, and for those who already know it, just pretend like you never heard it before. Jesus had just finished doing a massive miracle, huge miracle. Miracle. He he just finished blowing everybody's mind so much so that this man named Jesus, who from the outside looking in, looked like a common regular old dude. But up in but but at this particular point, now they see him as someone who's a leader, someone who's influential. And they actually want to make Jesus King. They're like, man, you have done amazing stuff. You fed us, you've healed us. Man, go Jesus, vote Jesus. This is Jesus' is king this is awesome, we want Jesus. And the reason why the people wanted Jesus, not for a spiritual reason, but for more of a political reason, they wanted him to be in power because he was one who healed and who fed, and if people are getting healing for free, people are getting food for free, this must be a good leader. Jesus eventually sends the people away, and he sends his disciples ahead of him across the Sea of Galilee. He, he says, disciples, these are the followers of Jesus, these were Jesus' homies, these were Jesus' friends, these were the, 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 the men who followed Jesus closely throughout his life. He sent them into a boat across the sea. He sent all these thousands of people away and said, nah man, I can't be king, it's not like that. I know you guys love me, but y'all gotta get out of here. The disciples go across the sea and Jesus begins to pray. Well, as the disciples are in the middle of the sea, guess what happens? Guess what happens? <laughs> A storm. We got some Bible students in here. A storm begins to happen. I mean, the wind and the waves and, and, and craziness starts to happen in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And if you've ever been in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, it's not that big. It's not like this massive ocean, right? (laughs) But even in small environments, in simple situations, chaos can happen. (laughs) That's right. Even when you know I'm I'm visiting the Sea of Galilee on a study abroad program, and, and 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 we're we're literally on a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and I'm looking around, and I have the Bible in my hand while I'm in the boat, and and I'm like, all that happened here? Like all that drama, all that chaos, all the madness happened right here? (laughs) I was was surprised because it was so small, it was a small body of water, but even in small situations, chaos is very likely. Well, well. Sure enough, the, the the sea of Galilee was was going crazy, and these disciples, a lot of them are fishermen, and so they're very superstitious. They're 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 very imaginative when it comes to 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 evil spirits and 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 the sea gods. And so, as as the storm is getting more and more aggressive, and they're in the boat, all of a sudden they see what looks like a ghost on the water. Man, this is crazy, this is crazy. I mean, if if you're on the boat, and and you're in the middle of of the water, and it's a storm, it's tough, it's overwhelming, all of a sudden, a ghost comes? (laughs) They start looking at each other, and they're like, man, this is not good, this is is bad, (laughs) this is bad. And Jesus is actually, I'm sure if you read in the scripture, Jesus is actually walking on water. He's walking on water. Can you imagine? Jesus is walking on water. Scripture teaches that he walked on water towards the boat. The disciples are in a boat. They see what looks like a ghost, and they're afraid. Jesus tells them, don't freak out. It's me. You know me. You're familiar with me. Don't freak. Freak out. Don't be crazy. Don't go mad in the middle of madness. (laughs) And one brave soul says, like some of you more like, you know, very focused thinkers, very type A's, or maybe some of you bold, courageous individuals. You know, have to test things out, have to see if they're really real. One of the bold folks said, Jesus, if it's really you, invite me to come out of this boat and walk on water with you. Jesus says, in perfect Jesus fashion, come on. <laughs> Peter, with courage, in some of your, 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 your eyes, with a ton of stupidity, gets out of the boat looking at Jesus and starts walking. Yeah, I said it. He's walking on water. Oh my gosh, it's just crazy. Imagine what the disciples were thinking while they're in the boat. They're like, man, this dude is dumb. This is stupid. Not 100% sure if it's Jesus, haven't touched him, haven't hugged him, haven't interacted with him at all, but, but there's one out of the group that says, if it's Jesus, I'm going with him. I'm out there. Jesus, Jesus says, come, Peter gets out of the boat, he starts walking on water, he's focused, and you guys know the story, and if you don't, I'm excited to tell you, he starts walking towards Jesus as he looks to the face of Jesus. Now, the storm is still the storm, but his focus, his mind is looking, is, is turned towards, is captivated by Jesus. And Everything's okay. Everything's not okay, but everything's okay. Everything's not okay. Have you ever been there where everything's not okay, but everything's okay? Guys, I'm talking about the Bible. I mean, you guys are just really quiet right now. (laughs) Everything's chaotic, but everything's okay. He's focused, his his mind is old school, stayed on Jesus. (laughs) He's Actually, his feet are on the top of the water. And all of a sudden, the text shifts, Scripture shifts. And it says, Old King James Version says that the wind was boisterous, violently against him. He started to look to the left, watch this, he started to look to the right, started to look at the circumstance and not the God over the circumstance, and instantly he begins to sink. Feet are no longer on the top of the water. Now he is getting lower and lower. He starts to almost drown. And he cries out. That part of the story ends. He says, Jesus... Help me! Lord, save me! Help me, I'm drowning! (laughs) And then they get on the boat and, you know, everything is fine and they get to the other side. I wanted to tell the story and spend a few moments on that story because that's a lot like some of y'all's lives right now. You feel like around you, marriage, chaotic. Kids, chaotic. Finances, chaotic. Some people, fixed income, chaotic. Some people have relationship strains, chaotic. Some people trying to fight certain things that are pulling at them. It feels overwhelming, it feels mad. And then on top of all of your personal stuff, there's this outside stuff that's happening. (laughs) Anybody there? Yeah. In Colossians chapter 3 In Colossians chapter 3 They Are in A chaotic Mad situation This is a young church It's a young group Of Jesus followers And they have Challenges coming from two Major places There are the Gnostics, and then there are the Judaizers. There are folks that are telling them that what they believe isn't 100% correct. And then then there are folks that are telling them on this side that, that they have to be qualified through doing these rituals and and these special ceremonies to truly follow Jesus. They're getting hit from the left. They're getting hit from the right, similar to Peter as he sees waves on this side and waves on that side. And it's so much chaos that they start believing what is known as heresy. They start believing inaccurate truths as it relates to Jesus. Bottom line, they start believing that there's something else other than Jesus out there. They they start believing that it it might be a little more than what we were told. It's the same trick that, that the enemy, that the devil uses in the garden Of Eden, (laughs) the serpent in the form of a serpent goes to Eve. You got to read Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. (laughs) The little serpent goes to Eve and says, It's not quite what God said, it's not quite what God communicated. There's a little more than what He said. There's a little more to it. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this humanistic movement or this new age movement, but it's the same old ancient trick. It's the same hustle. There's nothing really new. Like, with, with, with all these natural disasters, preacher, and with all this political unrest, preacher, and with all this racial, racial tension, preacher, and with all this, this, this drama in my own personal life, it can't just be Jesus. <laughs> Jesus just can't be the answer. Some of you are thinking, there's got to be more than just Jesus. Jesus. Scripture says in Colossians chapter three, verse one, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hid with Christ and God. Now, I'm praying to Jesus that for the non-Jesus followers, for those who don't quite subscribe to this just yet, I'm praying that you can hear this, because this is heavy language. This is tough. I know, this is tough. You're like, wait, die with Christ, hid with Christ? I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm just praying that something miraculous can happen right now. I'm just, I'm just hoping for that. But, but for those who are committed followers of Jesus, let me talk to you really quickly. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. In order to be mentally tough in a mad environment when everything around you seems chaotic, whether you're focused on your personal stuff or you're focused on the more public stuff, in order to be mentally tough and so zeroed in that you can stay above water. <laughs> you have to seek something outside of yourself. And what the scripture suggests is that in the middle of all of these heretical lies, these, 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 these terrible lies that you're hearing, Colossians, in a Matthew 6.33 form, Seek God first. If you can hear me, say first. Seek God first. Let me push it. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans chapter six, three through 10 says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death and we were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death in order that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father we too might walk in the newness of life if i can have peace in the midst of pain in the midst of problems i can't look to matthew to help me get through it i'm Say it again, if I am to have peace in the midst of problems, in the midst of drama, I can't manipulate this situation my own way so I can control it. Do you know that there are sometimes Things are just too big for you to be able to handle. I know, I know you think you're awesome. I know you think you're great, but, but but, do you know there are certain situations, no matter how much money you throw at it, it won't work. No matter how much you get the counseling, it won't work. No matter how much you you have friends helping you out, it won't work. No matter how many people you talk to, it won't work. It won't change. Have you ever been there? The text suggests that the solution isn't in human things, that there has to be something there. There just has to be something greater than us. <laughs> and so the scripture suggests his name is Jesus, where, where Christ is. So what's, what does it actually mean right now in this context right now today, Matthew? How do I I extract something? We must never lose sight of the cross. It is our validation. It is our healing. It is the reason why we are. If you're a committed Jesus follower, you can't miss the cross. At yoga, you can't miss the cross. At at the bingo table, you can't miss the cross. I don't don't care where you are, you can't miss the cross. The cross, what is the cross? What happened on the cross? God sent Jesus to hang on this nasty, ugly cross and die a horrible, terrible death that I should have died so that my mess, my lies, my manipulation would not be my end. But so all of my mess, all of my sin could be put on him. And as he takes all of my sin on the cross, as he takes credit for all of my past, all of my present and my future mess, because I got some future mess. (laughs) As he takes credit for that, he dies. He pays he pays the debt of sin. He, he makes the greatest payment, and that's, that's death. It says in Romans that when we sin, the payment is death. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life. I'm excited today because as Jesus dies, he takes on my punishment. He takes the whooping that I deserved. It's like what my older brother used to do when I would do something, my older brother would say it was him. (laughs) Thank God for my older brother. And my parents would give him the whooping instead of me. And and I would watch the whooping that he would get. You know, I would be looking right through the door. And I would be so grateful in my heart. And I would feel so guilty. It's kind of the same thing. When we think of the cross, we have to think that not only has he taken my punishment, not only has he taken my pain, but he's taken the guilt and the shame that goes with it. I just said something right there. Y'all just a little too conservative for me. I just felt something in my chest that said, yes, yes, yes. He took the whooping and not just a one-time whooping because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and while I'm an adult right now, I make mistakes and I do stupid stuff often. Yeah. Y'all should have said amen right there. <laughs> you know, amen means I agree. You guys should have said I agree. Me too. <laughs> And so what he did on the cross was not just good enough for that one-time whooping when I was 10, but it's good enough for for the whooping that I deserve when I'm 80 and 85. And so because of that, in the middle of chaos, we have to look to the cross and what he did on the cross. How does that matter right now, though? Not only does Paul write to the Colossians and say look to the cross but look to the implications of the cross. What does the cross imply? Because I have if I believe in this Jesus thing, because I have been rescued by the greatest superhero known to man. Because I have been pulled out of the mess that I was in. <laughs> Because I have been rescued, because I have been saved, because I have been changed, now I have an eternal home in heaven. We don't talk about heaven a lot. Because I have been rescued, I now have not only a new life, but I have a new home. Now we can talk forever about, hey, this is tough, but just be happy because heaven has come in and you're not going to be here for that much longer. Yep, that's true. We can talk about that forever. But in this text, it's going just a little bit deeper, people. Yeah. We can't look at the things that are going on around us as if they're final. That's right. We can't look at the things that are going on around us as if they're going to finish us. We can't look at the news and we can't look at the fabric of our relationships and let that define us because there's something greater, there's something bigger, there's something more miraculous going on than the madness in my environment. This isn't, this isn't positive thinking. This isn't some self-help sermon. This is scripture. Jesus died on the cross, so whatever happens to us doesn't define us, but what he did 2,000 years ago had so much power, Romans chapter 1, that it's something that we don't have to be ashamed of. We don't have to be quiet about. I don't know if you know what it says in Romans, but it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's power not only for the Jew, but it's power for the Greek. 2017 language, it's power for the close to God and it's, it's power for the far from God. It's its power for those who had some kind of religious upbringing and it's power for those who never grew up in a Christian home. It's so powerful that it can change the very of your environment even if you're in the middle of chaos just like Peter as he's walking on the water focused on Jesus in the middle of chaos you can think the waves aren't there but they are there you you can hope and positively say it's gonna be a great day but but let me tell you it might actually be a bad day but the encouragement is in the middle of a bad day we have a good God In the middle of a terrible environment with terrible news clippings and terrible personal family messages, (laughs) we serve a phenomenal God. Let me push it one more time and we got to get out of here. Oh, man, we got to (laughs) leave. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, thou will keep him, her, all of them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because. This is the biggest because ever, guys. You got you to gotta look at this one. Isaiah 26.3, I'm just reading the Bible. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because, if you're a note taker, you got to write this one down, because he, she, they trusteth in him. Whose mind... When I say mind, when the scripture says mind, it's talking about motives, it's talking about your intentions, it's talking about the framework of your thoughts. Thou will keep him, thou will keep her. God will keep her, God will keep him in perfect peace when her mind, when his mind when her motives, when his motives, when his intentions are formed and shaped unto God. Out of a heart posture, out of a habit of God's got it. Let me just cut across the field. (laughs) The way I live my life, the way I behave The way I communicate, the way I approach this meeting, the way I go to the campus, the way I enter into my house. Some of you guys are going into a chaotic situation. The house does not even feel like a home anymore. The way I go into that chaotic situation is this, with this mindset of he's got it. I, I, I didn't make it up, it says, whose mind, whose thoughts, whose motives and the framework that they approach things is concentrated, zeroed in like Peter walking on water, focused on Jesus. It is, it, is, it is consumed with his ability to work it out. Now, I know what some of you guys are thinking. You're like, man, that means I can just sit down on a couch, and kick it. I can just chill. I ain't got to do nothing, because he's got it. I don't have to have the tough conversations. I can just blaze and just graze over things. I don't have to look at the details of anything. We don't have to get into these tough conversations about race. We don't have to get into these tough... We don't have to do any of that. Because he's got it, guys, let's just blaze over it. That's a lie from hell. That's the devil. (laughs) That ain't the truth. (laughs) Because he's got it, right? Because my trust is in him, because I rely on him and him alone... Out of my trust, out of my belief that he is all that he says he is, comes this massive desire to work, to produce, to get in front of people, to go deeper, to have conversation, to apologize. To speak up, to say that you're sorry, to go back and have that conversation with mom, to go back and tell the kid that you didn't approach that the right way. It compels you into action. The biggest lie of Christianity in my lifetime has been, Out of this idea that because God's got it, I ain't got to do nothing. No, 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 no. He lives inside of me. So that power just permeates. I can't contain it. This is Matthew chapter 5. Let your light so shine before men (laughs) that they may see your good works. You can't help but work. You can't help but Share, you can't help but go in the middle of chaos and be the change that is necessary and it's not coming from you. I'll, <laughs> I'll end on this. I was talking to some students a couple of days ago and they couldn't understand how they could be a difference maker in the middle of their chaotic high school. Some of y'all should have said amen right there, because y'all remember high school. <laughs> yeah, they were like, man, all this stuff's going on, all this stuff's happening, how do, I, how do I be something for people when I'm trying to figure my own self out? Hey, guys, I didn't tell them this, but <laughs> I was thinking it while they were talking about it. I didn't tell them, though. so. Don't be mad at me. I didn't tell them. But while they were telling me that they didn't know how to be who God had called them to be in the midst of a bunch of different personalities and in in the middle of a bunch of chaotic situations and relationships, I didn't tell them that their parents and their grandparents have the same question. I didn't tell them that, so don't be mad. I didn't tell them. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, Y'all probably have the same question too. How in the world are we supposed to navigate this chaotic, mad situation? When we ourselves have our own issues, this is why small group is so tough. If you look at it in this, in, in this framework, this is why missional communities are so tough. If you look at it with this lane, in this context. How can I give when I'm going through? What do I have to offer when I'm so overwhelmed? How can I help them when my own mask is not on? That's an airline analogy if you didn't catch it. (laughs) Even in the airlines, they say, put your own thing on before you can help them. (laughs) So I said, I said, I said, hey man, hey man, hey man, have you ever had an iPhone? Or an Android device? They said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I said, "I said, have you ever been like 90 percent, 95 percent battery life?" And you know that thing happens inside of you, like, "Ooh, yeah, 95 mm, percent, we winning today." Mm, yes. I don't know if that happens in y'all, but it happens to me all the time. I look at my cell phone, and if it's like 89, 90, I'm feeling like, mm, "It's gonna be a good day, man. We winning." And if it's 100, I'm like, really, Jesus, you gonna do this to me today? This is awesome, this is 100%, yeah, man, yes. My kid didn't steal my charger, this is beautiful. I don't know if you have any parents in here with kids with devices, but man, in my family, the chargers just disappear, it's crazy. These little kids, man, they're thieves, it's ridiculous. (laughs) All right, I'm going to end the sermon, right? Don't, don't, don't freak out. I'm, I'm getting somewhere. So, pull it out for the object lesson here. I, I showed them my phone. I showed these teenagers who asked me the question, hey, man, uh, how do we make a difference in a school where there's a bunch of chaotic kids and chaotic situations and crazy teachers and so much social pressure, and we ourselves are going crazy? I said, have you ever been at like 95% and your phone was on the charger like your phone was on the charger and then somebody next to you some irresponsible soul next to you and as soon as i said that this is this is the generation now as soon as i said that they were, they were like yeah 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 i already know where you're going <laughs> some irresponsible soul looks at your 95% as you're hooked up to the wall as you're hooked up to the power source and they say hey man can I get a charge? You look good. You, you got 95, 100%. You're good. Can I, can I get a charge? I told them what I'm going to tell you today. The way that you are mentally tough <laughs> in the middle of madness is to make sure that you're connected to something Connected to a power source that will never run out. And all day, introduce them to the same power source. It's your responsibility. It's your privilege to stay connected to something greater than yourself throughout the day. And... When chaos is going on around you, get in the conversation. Learn what they're going through. Understand where they're coming from. Hear them out. And at the right time, God will tell you, at the right time, with a loving heart, introduce them to the power source.